Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are quite happy, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? So Jonah, I'm very excited for our guest today. We used to work together. Well, we still work together, but we we started working together at SNL. And he was just an incredible writer there. And we would write stuff together. And basically, we would sit in my office and I would fall asleep. And I'd be like, I think it's done. <laughs> and he was, <laughs> he was a lot less lazy than me. And he would be awake, kind of fixing stuff. And I said in our intro that we're quite hap because hap is a word that he and I came up with when we were writing this Don Lazarus weather forecaster character, which we tried to get on so many times our last season there. Like we could maybe get into it with him, although it's basically just that she used to be like a game show host of like a really high tech game show. And then we tried other stuff. Anyway, finally, we got her on Weekend Update. And he and I really had a very fun time coming up with insane things to have me say. So without further ado, Jonah, do you think we should introduce our guest? Let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's get right into it. Okay, our guest today is an incredibly talented writer, actor, and comedian who has worked on some of your fave shows, including Saturday Night Live, Inside Amy Schumer, Life and Beth, and together we co-created a little show called I Love That For You. Ever heard of it? Please welcome <laughs> our friend Jeremy Byler. Oh my God. Hi. Hi. Oh, I'm staring. I'm looking at a couple of grade A bears right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. 
<laughs> so nice to see your faces. So nice to see you too. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to stay silent during that because I really wanted to like, but I think I'm supposed to like sort of not be there. Pretend you weren't in the <laughs> Okay, I'll pretend I didn't hear any of it. <laughs> pretend you just got here. <laughs> I'll pretend there was like a little door that I opened and walked in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what time are we talking where you're kind of trying to polish up the script and Vanessa's just fully passed out? <laughs> oh, that's going to be a real, a real nice 2 a.m., 3 a.m. kind of okay. moment. So yeah. pretty light. I think, and probably what you also want to picture is a couple of, <laughs> oh. I'm going to call them like jumbo containers of matzo ball soup. Yes. <laughs> that are like yes. probably toward the bottom with like, you know, when the matzo ball comes apart and it's just like matzo ball dust at the bottom. Sure. That was our move. Our move was to order in matzo ball soup from Junior's, I believe. Yes. Which was the only place maybe like that was open at 2 or 3 a.m. And what was it? There was some kind of minimum where it was like you couldn't <laughs> order one soup. You had to order two soups. Yeah, so- we maybe had to like, because there were two of us, we maybe had to order like like an extra soup. I remember the soups just being so big, so much soup. <laughs> and yeah, there was for, definitely <laughs> for late at night. There was definitely a minimum we had to hit, so we'd be like, "Well, I guess we'll add a third soup or whatever." Like, I feel like that's probably the origin story too. Is probably like you wanted to get some soup, and then you realized you had to get two, and you were like, "Hey, Jeremy." <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, I'd love to get you a soup for no reason other than I want to get you soup, not to meet the delivery minimum. No, that was that fond memories. The soup kept us going. But also, I would not say that I was that you were lazy and I was working. I, I kind of don't. I kind of remember it the other way around. Like you were really it was a real partnership. We kept each other going, I would say. Yes, yes. But I do remember a few times falling asleep on my couch and you would be like, I'd be like, it's done. And you'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) also so healthy to be eating big balls of matzo ball soup in the middle of the night. But yeah, you're right. It kept us awake. That's what we needed was that energy to really. And that was such a small, like windowless office. And then I think there was probably like Ariana Grande would come in for a meeting and probably smell soup everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) No, I probably I had a dark windowless office that smelled like soup. I think that's really <laughs> fair assessment. It was so weird. It was Fred Armisen's old office and it was like the well, it wasn't the only office that didn't have windows, but somehow the lack of windows was really present, I think because you're right, because of the size. But the nice thing about it is I remember you could turn off the light and it was true pitch black. Yes. I would meditate for in there. Yeah. And yes. for meditating. Yeah. Because it would be dark and then people would knock on the door and they'd be so freaked out if I was meditating. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I'm meditating. And they'd be like, ah, oh my God, it was, I'm so sorry. Yeah, Have you ever was, noticed that if someone interrupts you <laughs> meditating or not? Like people absolutely flip out. <laughs> <laughs> they think they think that they've ruined your life. Like they've done something so yeah. awful. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, is your brain going to break? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your office? I was in, when my first year it was with Sarah Schneider and 80, and it was your old desk. Oh, that was my old desk. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It was that yes. three person office. Yes. And then after that, I think I was in there one more year, and there was, was Will Steven maybe popped in there and 80 popped out? And then, got it. And then after that, I was, and then I was down the hall with Pete Davidson. 
Oh, a classic right. caring. <laughs> you were in that. <laughs> you were in that office. I love Pete. Were you in that office that was like the first office, kind of? It was like I want to say the third office. Oh, like if you start within the table read area, and then there's one where Kate was, and then and Chris, and then one more down or two more down. Okay, that's where I okay. Was. You were in there. With but me. I think but because you had your own, we would always work in there. And it yes. was like pretty luxurious, actually, even though yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, giving yeah. sensory deprivation tank. Yeah. Yeah. It was a sensory <laughs> deprivation tank of an office. What about, you know, the food situation was really funny because we were talking about Tuesday nights when we would stay up writing, thinking about like the next day, how you would sort of recover eating wise. Oh. Is that like, because you would sleep over and then what would you have for breakfast? Oh, I had some really dark breakfast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, first of all, someone would order pizza. And then Yeah, there would be a pizza at two, two, three in the morning, and then I'd be like or maybe one in the morning, there'd be like yes. a, a bunch of pizzas on the on the big table, and then I'd be like, you know what? I'm gonna be good. I'm not gonna have too much pizza. And then I would have it cold at like That's what I would do. <laughs> yeah. I would have it at like four AM but cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also yeah. the other thing is like the pizza wasn't provided by the show. It was like somebody in one of the oh, cast or writers would have great. to buy it for everyone. And I remember like if you bought it <laughs> You'd really kind of, uh, and by you, I mean me, I'd really want people to know. <laughs> like, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. pizza for like, did me, Did you guys I like guess. the pizza? It's pretty good, right? <laughs> that reminds me, did, we had something on on the, I love that for you, right? Where well, we have something, yeah, spoiler yeah, we have alert, something. that we wrote. Yeah, yeah. With, with just, because it is like when you spend money on food for people, you just like, you want the recognition. Like, it's not a big deal. I just, you know. Want you to know, <laughs> we can. Yeah, kind of I remember spoil it, being right? like, "Oh, the pizza for me." Yeah, yeah. So, would you two? You two would would sleep over at the office? Actually, um, I did. Yeah, especially my first couple of years, I would. It just made more sense because I also lived in Brooklyn, and I, it was like a long ride, and it was also like you'd you'd kind of crash on the couch for like four hours or something at at best, really, and then wake up and do like another pass sometimes on your script and then turn it in. Okay. And then I would have like, I would stumble to like a bodega and have like really weird eggs with like peppers and potatoes and, and carry it back and just like sit really slumped eating that with a plastic fork. That was my, yeah. a lot of the writers would sometimes stay overnight, not always, but a lot of them, I remember would go to J crew and Rockefeller center when it would open and buy like new shirts and stuff because like yes. they wanted it to be like the equivalent of showering or changing. And also just maybe trying to give the illusion that they had yeah. gone home. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm fresh as a daisy, ready to go. Yeah. I mostly would go home, but I remember sometimes it almost wasn't worth it because I would get home and then, and I lived closer cause I was like in the West village. So it would only take, you know, if it was the middle of the night, truly, it would probably take like 10, 15 minutes. But then you'd go to sleep for two hours and then you wake. It's like doesn't yeah. always. But so, I think definitely by my third year, I was like somehow psychologically like going home and like showering and changing, even if it's almost like that's better than sleep. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. So I always it feels went home refreshing or while. something. But yeah, then you would get in the next day. And you'd try and be healthy, but then the only day you really got free food was on Wednesday during the mm -hmm. table read. And they would have, it was so messed up. It, would, it was the same like buffalo chicken wrap every Yeah, every it week. was like wraps and chips and pretzels. pretzels. And 
I remember Lauren always had tons of edamame. Yeah, he would ed- be yes, edamame eating edamame. And, like, but it, the thing that the one time I don't want to eat is when everyone's watching me. So it's literally like you're at this table read with all of the cast around the table, all the writers, every all the producers, everyone's like in this one room. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's when I'm invited to eat. Yeah. And so... <laughs> And you have to like perform while you're eating. Too. Yeah. But then it, there would be a break in the middle. Right. And then that's when I would get some food from that table. And then similar to the pizza, once the whole table read was over and everyone was going home, that's when I'd go hit up that table. Yeah. And let me wait till those had, wraps get good and hard. <laughs> literally wraps had been sitting there for 10 hours. Truly they turned into, they become like a dog toy, like texture wise. Yeah. Like, and I'd just be like, yes. And and it was just, I'd rather eat so much stale food when no one's watching me than eating fresh food yes. when everyone's eyes are on me. Well, you were quite, you were quite the snacking Sherpa oh, for yeah. me. Like yeah. you would bring me over to the, in the middle of the night to like over to the advertising offices where, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The publicity department was yeah. behind us. Okay. I know they've redone the offices a little bit, but to anyone who's there now, if you go back <laughs> behind where the offices are there's the publicity like the other half of the yeah there's like an, the other half of the 17th floor is like there's like offices beyond the offices and they seem yes. like kind of off limits ish like that's the vibe yes yes and you it's never really have a reason to go back and, there yeah yeah and but there were two er- there was one area that was almost like a little kitchenette between our area and the publicity area. And that, if you went yes. into the cupboard, sometimes you could find chips and snacks and stuff like that. That would be our first stop. That would, would be our first stop. Swing. <laughs> now, our there. second stop was a kind of classier stop, which was those publicity people would get. <laughs> <laughs> this is so crazy to admit. Those publicity people would get sent like all of these like really fancy chocolate gifts and just sort of put them outside of their offices in like mm-hmm. the general area in like fancy baskets eat. like woven yeah. basket basket that kind of vibe. Wow. and yeah. people wouldn't eat them and it was like they're just sitting out there so so we're going okay if there's peppermint park <laughs> here, <laughs> or like ultimately we're providing a service to others yes it not yes about us. <laughs> it probably they came in the next morning you know, and they probably didn't even notice because they seem like they didn't pay nearly as much attention to that <laughs> as we were. But like, yeah, we would just go through like their gifts that they had sort of discarded and put in the you know hallway for anyone to eat. Well, guess what? That doesn't mean anyone in publicity. <laughs> that means anyone in any department, according okay. you know. And the one other place that we would go sometimes, which. I think they caught on to us and stopped putting food there. <laughs> and by <laughs> us, I really mean me. Is like the video. Remember the video offices, the film offices, like oh, for yes, the people who made the yes. short films or the the pre tape stuff. Like, yeah, the they people would, who all like worked harder than anybody <laughs> and yeah. deserved the food the most. <laughs> they would sometimes have food from shoots. I think in their office that they had like right. taken home, like <laughs> like <laughs> you know, like one can of pretzels or like one contain- canister of pretzels that they had like been able to salvage from a shoot. And I'd go, you snooze, you lose. If you're not in your office at 5 a.m., guess what? <laughs> you should be there at 5 a.m. to protect this if you want to keep it. So Vanessa, if something wasn't like locked or like had a sign on it, basically it was fair game My in the entire building. was. Okay. What was your role? I wouldn't go into people's individual offices to take things. Only except maybe 
Important point. Shout out to Lauren Roseman, our publicist, once in a while, because I knew she wouldn't care. But like, um, <laughs> no, I don't and some think of the other people really who did we didn't know, we'd go in their offices. I don't too, think but. I did. I think her office was, I don't think I really went in there, but I think she wouldn't have minded if I had. Okay, I'll say that. But yeah, I would just go into the common areas and, you know, who's to say, like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually an excellent point. <laughs> yeah, that is a really, that would definitely hold up in court. Yeah. But we had so much fun because can you imagine if you're like writing, you're getting so tired and then we're just like, oh, should we go find all the hidden you're snacks like, on this oh, floor? Oh, excuse me. There's a fucking pretzel rod that could maybe give <laughs> defibrillate our energy and, yes. and get us going again. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Jeremy, what would you say? And Jonah, you can answer this too. What would you say would be the number one find of snacks? Because you just reminded me of my favorite snack to find. What a pretzel rod is your favorite? A peanut butter stuffed pretzel is actually my favorite. But what would be like? Oh, like the yeah. Like if I found a canister of peanut butter stuffed pretzels, I'd go. I've hit the gold mine. I think to me, it's to me, it's string cheese. Yeah, I know that that's not like something you want to find like out in a basket, and it needs to be in the (laughs) fridge. But that's yeah. To me, that's like... That's, that's such pretty, a fun snack. Yeah, yeah. I chomp it too. I don't string it. I chomp Whoa. it. Whoa. Yeah. We had a petition about that on this very podcast. Yeah. Oh, really? There was a oh, petition. Oh, you did? I, <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, someone said don't allow that. Someone wanted to make it illegal to chomp it. Okay, well, I would I would leave the country. <laughs> <laughs> I have pretty good self-control with food, but I would say the one that I have no self-control is like that organic dried mango yes. like dried mango it's just oh. i open the bag and it's just cannot stop it's, it's like so good and it's they're so actually good. yes and they're actually so sugary and delicious i they're know they're so, so sugary because it's so concentrated it's basically like a like a fruit roll-up that kind of looks like it's healthy yeah i bought some before you and vicky stayed with me this last time jonah and you both went to stay with like a friend for the weekend and you left the dried mango here. I don't know if you remember that. And I absolutely demolished it. It was like gone when you came when yeah. you came back. I do remember that. I yeah. do remember that. Um, you know, I actually <laughs> we we actually tried to make some because we were like, oh, we can get mango. We have a food dehydrator. Oh, really? And it was one of those things where it's like, this is not good. And it's like actually way more expensive to buy fresh mangoes and make it like so. Because yeah. I'm always like, oh, it's so expensive. Actually, it's cheaper to buy it from someone who makes it professionally. That makes a lot of sense. The other thing that I would do a lot when we were at SNL because I had the luxury of doing it was when I would go to the table when the read-through was over and nobody was there is I would mix chips and pretzels. Oh, that's really good. That's such a fun thing to do. Like a Chex Mix type thing? Yeah, like your own kind of big size Chex Mix. What were you That's really good. I was going to say once in a while, I would take a little, okay, I would use pretzels to mix with a number of things. So I would take sometimes the littlest like dinky slice of like yellow cheese and put two pretzels on either side of it, like a tiny little hamburger, but crunchy. (laughs) (laughs) And then I would eat that like a little sandwich. And then I, sometimes I would like, take M&Ms and pretzels together. That's what I was just going to say. Do you remember what... There was cheese there too. Now I'm remembering there was cheese on the table, on the table during read-through. Yeah, and it was sort of like accordioned out in this like beautiful spiral. What was the dessert situation? I feel like there were like bowls of like individually wrapped, kind of like Halloween candy vibe. Like yes. little fun size candies in a bowl. Were there also little like brownie type things or no, or cookies oh, or something? That sounds, oh, cookies. There were cookies. Yeah. Isn't that so rude to make everybody stay up 
all night getting so tired and then the next day be like, here's all this food that's bad for you. We dare you to eat it in front of all of us. <laughs> we dare you. You're going to have to eat this in the most public setting you're going to So tired. Vanessa, do you think there were people who the food just didn't register for, who like never ate it, didn't pay attention, wasn't well, on the radar? Well, if you worked there, it would have not registered for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of why I'm asking. I'm kind of trying to think if anyone... Like Pete probably didn't care about it. <laughs> Who would have not cared about the food there? Not cared, like not cared about eating it or what or seeing like just eat it? like oh, there's food there. Like I'm not, you know that there's just oh, food. like not it's, eat it, like yeah. not eat it or not have it. Like you know, like years later, Be like top have of like mind. a and, and, <laughs> like have all right. Like the that's same not as, something. Like, obviously, that's not a brain that I can comprehend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like oh yeah, I remember there was a table of stuff there. Yeah. Not, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, no, for me it was a constant little. Like, okay. It was a constant. On my well, I will say this probably didn't register as big with the producers and people who hadn't stayed up writing like the people sure, who gotten sure. a full night's sleep yeah but even if i'd gotten a full night's sleep <laughs> i would have been so affected i'm trying to think do you like how the only person i can think of is pete i mean and maybe he was I do feel like he's probably you're probably right that he i don't know he seems like jonah he is like a similar i mean he I, I think like he would Vanessa, have like it a, seems like almost like you can't like comprehend what this would <laughs> which is why Jonah sometimes I can't believe we're related is because so, so you, Jonah you're I'm putting together that Jonah you're a restrained smacker is that what Jonah I'm is like the person in our family only person like my mom is probably the closest to this and my mom has like really good self-control when it comes to food but like we all would sort of like get full and overeat and Jonah would just be like, he would eat until he was like kind of satisfied and he would like never be interested in dessert. And we were just like, what is going on with this? Like, how okay. are we? Absolute what? king. I worship you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, what's interesting is like, and Vicky and I talk about this sometimes is like, as an adult, I've gotten more into dessert. So now I like, I'll eat chocolate, but I'll eat like, you know, we'll eat like dark chocolate or something of a couple little pieces. Yeah, but, that doesn't yeah. count, Jonah, actually. That's not <laughs> That's dessert. actually like eating nothing. That's like breathing yeah. air. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've gotten into tiny little pieces of dessert. That's not getting into dessert, bro. <laughs> okay. Our producer Olivia just asked if Jonah's ever heard of pie. Heard of I like pie. pie. I like pie, but I make yeah, this you've like always I make this raw coconut pie. pie with like Ugh. a crust made out of Jonah. dates and walnuts. <laughs> it's actually really good. That's not dessert. That's granola that, and pie yeah, in a pie form. Actually, missing like several pounds of dairy that you need to have in the pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look at your adorable cat licking know, your face. Oh my god! That's He's got a really small face, which makes him extra cute. Oh, that's really good. Really good face. This is my favorite podcast that I've ever been on. Or this is heard. really fun. We just talked about I, snacks for like an hour. I'm in heaven. Well, watch this. I've gotten so good at <laughs> at segues, Jeremy. Well, we'll get into more snacks when we come back. When? <laughs> When we come back from this commercial break with our friend Jeremy Byler, we'll see you then soon. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If if you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. And we're back. Now, Jeremy, speaking of snacks, we asked you for some topics to talk about today, and you gave us just a goldmine of topics. So many good ones. So many good ones. But the one that we picked, which we had such a love for growing up, was Lunchables. Oh, yeah. Now, what made you want to talk about Lunchables? Inadvertently, I've already spoken about cheese twice on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So you could tell my love of Honestly, cheese and crackers and maybe just a little bit of salami or something. Yeah. That I think that might be sort of my deathbed meal. That's like my <laughs> that's like just a cool just a room temp cheese and a and a nice like salty cracker. That is absolute heaven to me. So I had lunchables a lot. And I love that there's something about also like the organization of it and the little like it's this little square. Everything's cut into like these perfect like machine cut coins like from the U.S. Treasury of like of of, like turkey coins. And then it's interactive. You stack them. They're so salty and so probably so bad for you. And that was really my jam. Yeah. Yeah. I also think it's fun when... um, I really like foods that are the brand is like they make it into a verb. Yeah. Like if this is lunchable, like you can lunch it up or whatever, like eat them up. That's always very funny to me. All right. I'll see you guys later. Bye. (laughs) Okay. Bye. (laughs) 
Um, well, you've picked up on so many. Jonah and I have been doing a little bit of research on Lunchables, and you've picked oh, up on so many things that have made them popular. One of the ones that Jonah found an incredible article about kind of hidden facts. Yeah, I found this article oh, on, amazing. on Mashable called The Untold Truth of Lunchables. Oh my God. It's giving Frontline on PBS. Yes. <laughs> it says, you know, Oscar Mayer sold 1.6 billion of them in the first decade. Oh my God. So yeah, they sold so many. And I guess, you know, it says it was about, in some ways, like empowering kids, the way they marketed it. <laughs> you know, like... That? What does that mean? Because <laughs> like you can, you can decide how you want to like organize oh, yeah, right. them. And- like you're a kid, you don't have a lot of power, you can't drive, whatever, but like you can make your own Lunchable oh, creation. I never even thought about that maybe that's what and the other thing that you sort of mentioned jeremy is that like a big thing with them is that they resemble gifts yes so it's like you're carrying it because they're a box yeah so like that was a big thing with them is that moms felt less you know they were trying to like oscar meyer was trying to respond to working moms who felt bad that they didn't have time to make lunches for their kids but they could give their kid this thing that resembled a gift and that made them feel good and it like made the kid feel good because they're like I'm taking this gift to school. And it's easier because it's just like right off the conveyor belt and you just throw it into a lunch bag and then you're yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. Or not even. I feel like when I would take a Lunchable to school, which was rare, I don't think we got We'd them have very them often. once in a while, but not Once often. in a while. But I think I would just take it on its own. I'd just grab that thing, bring my gift of <laughs> salami and cheese. Just under your arm with all your yeah. books. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's also like, I feel like my only criticism is that When I was done with one, I wanted exactly one more Lunchable. You know what's interesting? There's a lot of petitions on change.org for adult Lunchables. And when we were researching this, I saw that they actually did make them for limited amounts of time, but they were so unhealthy that I think there was a lot of backlash. So there were two versions targeting adults, or I was the same as you, Jeremy. I was like, there's not enough in here. It was really a snack. Yeah, it was more felt more like a snack. The first was called the Deluxe and contained two types of meats and cheeses as well as a mustard condiment <laughs> and a mint. So, okay, very, very sophisticated <laughs> for an adult. So you go, okay. you're an adult, and you go, <laughs> let me put this in my briefcase and take it to court. Are you eating a, a Lunchable at work? And you go, um, this is a Lunchable's Deluxe. Do you see a cookie? No, there's a mint. <laughs> there's a mint for afterwards. And a little glass of port. And then the second... Yeah. <laughs> And then the second one was just called Maxed Out, originally called Mega Packs, which just had 40% more food than regular Lunchables. So, but either way, Jonah and I are obsessed with Boku, which was sort of like a fruit juice for adults. I loved Boku. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Boku, yeah, a fr- is a, like a, basically Boku. a juice box for adults, marketed towards adults. I feel like that's easier to get away with. I cannot imagine, like you're saying, Jeremy, like working at a law firm and pulling out your Lunchable. Your Lunchable. Like, yes, yeah. gentlemen, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like with a little like a, a linen napkin and like a <laughs> silverware. It is. It, and the other thing that you already hit on, Jeremy, is a common complaint, like it says in this article, way too much sodium, saturated fat. Some Lunchables have as much as 750 grams of sodium for a single serving, which is like oh, yeah. 30% of the daily intake, while others have half a day's worth of the saturated fat for your entire day in this little <laughs> box, according yeah. to this article. Yeah, 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 just blasting kids full of arterial plaque. 
Yeah. yeah. So they did try to swap in yogurt for candy in some of them, and they tried to add fresh apple slices and carrots, and those did not sell well. That would have gone right in the yeah, damn trash. Yeah. Really so it's, you know, it's like it. inherent. It's just like interesting because, like, yeah, they, they tried to make some organic ones, which were both pizza. It's like you can't have a Lunchable and make it healthy because then that isn't really a Lunchable. Right. Yes. Like, yeah. It's like a healthy Snickers bar or something. It's not right. It, you don't yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And also the thing that's so fun about Lunchables is that you get to, you know, you have the cheese and the crackers and you stack them and, you know, and the bologna. Like that's part of the fun. If it's yogurt and if you're absolutely fucking bonkers, <laughs> you stack multiple layers. Yeah. You do like a tower. That's what you do. Yeah. And that's something obviously that's organically like a fun thing to do that they probably know as kids doing and now if you go to their website which you go into the website and you have to say if you're a kid or a parent i guess no no <laughs> adults who don't have kids go on there no. or whatever hey. um, but if you're a kid or a parent and then depending it kind of like markets it to you but basically the big thing that they've been marketing is this push for lunch a build so like what? their lunch a build campaign is that this is, is so upsetting to me. It's so weird. You can go on their website and download sort of, for lack of a better term, patterns. <gasps> if you buy a lunchable, you can like make certain figurines sort of out of the lunchable. Like erector set kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You upload your build to their site and then you can like filter it by like dog, sea turtle, stadium, and they'll post your creation that you send to them. But What's so funny about it is so few people have done it because even kids <laughs> aren't doing so. It's like it's like sea turtle. There is no it says no data. Um, rocket. There's there's one rocket robot. There's one robot. You can tell like these marketing people at like Oscar Mayer are like yeah, pe- kids are going to be sending in all their creations. It looks like they have like twenty of these for the, the yeah. entire website. Like the only problem is how are we gonna keep the sea turtle numbers low enough. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's one of these making sea turtles. (laughs) One of these executives is like telling this kid, he's like, you can't go outside till you build a sea turtle and upload it, you know, with your food. Yes. (laughs) The thing is, yeah, it's like the moment you try and like make rules around what kids can create with these and have patterns. It's like, unless you're going back to the deluxe version and having adults do it, I don't think you're going to get a ton. It's it's so forced. And you know, while while we're on the marketing of Lunchables, this is where I get really kind of uh, activated. Here he, here he goes. Joni oh, wow. gets really mad at co- Jonah's big corpse. Flying to a rage. They came up, you know, according to this Smashable article, they came up with a line of brunchables in 2019, oh my which people thought was a, was a prank because on April Fool's Day, but it's real. <laughs> and they put oh. it up on April Fool's Day, and people thought yeah, it was a it prank. Looks like breakfast sausage and egg. I mean, it's like yeah, like and, a cold egg and like a cra- cracker <laughs> yes. or like a yeah. It looks like a cracker with like a weird processed sausage and there's a ham and cheese one. And it looks like in this picture, they're $1.99 each. So I'm sure they're really good quality. I'm going to spend definitely the rest of this podcast making fun of it and then immediately going to go buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other thing that they did is they have this real Lunchables Twitter account. And it's like, here's a sample tweet is like chanting while hitting fists on the cafeteria table. Lunchables, Lunchables, Lunchables. It's all these like corporate tweets trying to like make Lunchables seem like ironically cool. And it's like so hard to read, but I keep reading it it has like 11,000 followers then. so it's like it's like a death knell it's like the last days of the lunchables they're trying yeah to- so they're trying they're really trying hard i feel like to make lunchables into something they aren't and also to make them like 
to make them very cool and they're not cool. It's, it is what it is. You know, it's, it's, I don't know. What do you two think? I think everything you're describing to me, I would use one word to describe it, which is unlunchable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the bologna is made from mechanically separated chicken, apparently. Yeah. That's a tough, what you want is you want hand separated. You want yeah, hands separated. Want when, hand the mach- separate. when the machine does it. You want a human it. being ripping that chicken apart. Not cool. <laughs> I will also say the other thing that they've done aside from Brunchables is they have Lunchables that are snacks and also desserts. And I don't know if they're called snackables or desertables, but uh, actually it'd be a really good idea. <laughs> but they're sort of compartmentalized, but it's more of like a strip with like three or four sections in it where you like put the dessert together or you put the snack together. And I just think... I don't know. To what end and for whom? To what end? Yeah. Yeah. What's our end destination here? Because as we were saying, a Lunchable itself almost seems like a snack. I don't know. You can't mess with a classic. I think that's the lesson. It's yeah, just, I think so too. I think if I'm going to have a dessert and I'm a kid, I'm going to go for like cookies or something like that. I'm not going to like be like, what kind of Lunchable dessert creep? Well, I don't know. Maybe There's it's also fun. something about like if you have a Lunchable, which is this little perfect square then finish that up and then open another square of stuff like you know what i mean like you don't want two squares of yeah exactly exactly right if they're saying it's like the dessert that goes with the lunchable it's like you lost me yeah another piece to the lunchable marketing i'm sorry to get so hung up on this is that they can't advertise a lot of these because you have to apparently meet these minimal nutritional guidelines (laughs) and very few of them (laughs) meet it so it's like i don't know for me it's like i don't know make your kid a sandwich you know, even they say, Oscar Meyer says this isn't supposed to be like a daily thing you eat. To me, it's like, make a sandwich, have a salad. It's a once a year you're supposed it's to have once one. A Medi- year. Medically, yeah. you can have one once a year. On your birthday, sure, you want some mechanically separated chicken, <laughs> you know, go for it. But yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's let, let it be what it is, you know? Yeah. I'm surprised another company, like a more organic kind of high-end company, hasn't tried to rip this off and make a healthy version of it. Yeah. But I guess the issue is that to do this in a natural, like organic way, it would probably be so expensive. It would probably be like, by the time you're buying that like organic Lunchable, it's, you might as well just pack a lunch because it would be cheaper. Yeah. It'd probably be perishable too. And I feel like Lunchables are probably like shelf stable for like 10 years. Yeah. Yes, you're absolutely right. I think they have a lot of chemicals, a lot of additives. But yeah, I, I will say, you know, as a kid growing up, it was fun making your own Lunchable. It was fun stacking. But I feel like as a kid today, you have so many more options of like things to eat. I don't know if it's still super relevant. Yeah. I mean, I will say that I really want one based on this conversation. I want it as soon as this, okay. we're done. Jeremy, let me ask you this. If, if I give you like a Lunchables in one hand or like some fancy prosciutto, fancy cheese imported Whole Foods Whoa. thing, what, what are you going? And, and no one else is around. What are you going for? No one else is around. I think for like nostalgia factor, because I haven't had it in a really long time. And honestly, I eat prosciutto like every day. (laughs) (laughs) I would have the Lunchable. I think I would go Lunchable. If it's just me alone, unshowered in sweatpants. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so that's that's a good point. Because I do think, yeah, there probably is that nostalgic element. Obviously, that would probably bring you back to that time. And to be honest, I also just want to support Oscar Mayer. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. He needs our help. <laughs> That's so cool of you. I would yeah. do the same thing, I think, because also there's something so fun about 
just those little circles and little squares and just the kind of obsessive part of my brain loves the idea of just getting in there and making shapes and then like eating them in a certain way. Yeah, I kind of see how they would have thought like, oh, maybe you can build little things out of this, like a house of cards or whatever, or like a gingerbread house. I guess I could sort of see that they would be building blocks for things. I think a better idea would be if they then having like patterns online would be if they just said like, make something crazy with your lunch and then take a photo of it and upload that as opposed to like, make these things we've already designed and just right, recreate right. them. They right. could maybe make some new a new category just for you. Yeah, yeah. that would be like actually really nice. I would obviously stuff. want to get paid for having my name affiliated with it. You know? <laughs> who was the guy who got kicked out of, was that James Corden who got kicked out of Balthazar who had like those issues there? Yeah. So they tweeted in October, anyone banned from Balthazar is still allowed to eat Lunchables. It's like, you guys can't jump on current oh, events wow. and make it like, like a Lunchable. Also, like, <laughs> that's really that's wait, lunch- really oh, wait, I can't Lunchables tell tweeted that. Of- Lunchables tweeted. <laughs> yeah. That's what I hate is like when these companies try to jump on something like relevant happening in the news and be like, you can still eat Lunchables. It's like, yeah, no one ever thought that we couldn't. Yeah. Well, we found that with, was it ginger? Some kind of bear that was like the mascot for the A&W root beer. Oh. They like jumped on the M&M's controversy and they were oh. like, when M&M's was like, we have a new spokesperson and it was Maya, but it was like before the Super Bowl and before they, right. before they revealed what yeah. they were doing. A&W root beer was like, we have a new spokesperson too. And it was like, the bear was like wearing something different and it's like first of all nobody knew nobody knew that A&W's yeah. like had a bear you're not on the same level yeah. I don't go oh the like, A&W root not, beer bear like yeah. I I've never said that I'm feeling thirsty all of a sudden like, yeah, yeah. And that bear? for you to update your but it was like that was their tweet was like they were yeah. trying to jump on yeah. the controversy and be like yeah. look at us too yeah you know I can tell this Twitter isn't isn't popular because like even the Dunkin Donuts they'll tweet something and then like State Farm Insurance will be like they'll try to say something funny and that's just like all these people working for these corporations trying to do yes. something I li- yeah and no one's really doing that you're lucky you two work in tv i'll tell you that much because this does not seem like a fun <laughs> stuff to write <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> yeah the morally pure world of tv is much better. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny that lunchables is trying to do that yeah They're yeah like, that's yeah. really funny. Like, hey, Louis jumped. C.K. can still have these. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of thing that makes me mad and that now I will check like once a week. That's Jonah's thing. Is like Jonah will be like, this show I just watched is so stupid. I'm going to watch the entire season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did that with a few shows. I did that yeah. with... Real Rob. Real Rob. Yes, Real Rob. I watched both seasons of that. And then there's a show that David Spade was on like in the 90s. Oh, like a three camera sitcom with yes. like a laugh track. Yeah. Just shoot me. Yeah. I thought that was a good show. Okay. Jonah. I think that was a respected show. That was a respected show. There's a few shows like those three camera sitcoms where 10 years ago I would just watch like all 100 episodes <laughs> like in the course of like a week. And it would be this weird project I had to get through it. And then at the end, I'd be like, why did I do this? Like, I just spent like 15 hours watching this, probably way longer. What would you feel like as you're watching it? Like, would it be like, okay, I'm like ticking off a box? Or is it like I'm actually entertained? No, I think it was more like ticking off a box. But I think it was also, I didn't want to deal. This was when I was like living by myself. And I just like didn't want to deal with like looking for something. I was like, okay, this is there. I'm just going to pick up. I don't have to think. 
But yeah, there were a few shows where I would just watch like the entire syndicated season of a show I had no real enjoyment watching or no attachment to. I don't think you're alone in that activity. I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. 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 Maybe not the whole series. <laughs> Maybe not. But... Yeah. <laughs> You've never been like, hey, Vanessa, how's it going? Like, Jonah, how's it going? Good. I just watched 100 episodes of Just Shoot Me over the past month. <laughs> you know, I don't know why. I don't know why. But yeah, it's. Yeah. And then you kind of notice people who went on to do things later. And like, I don't it know. Is, that is always fun. That part is fun. Yeah. You go, where do I know them from? You know, Right. Et cetera. Wow. Well, anyone got any last words about Lunchables other than uh, see you all at the store when we're going to buy them immediately when this is done? Yeah. See you in that that refrigerator case. Yeah. Love them. If anyone's curious. The last thing that's relevant from this article is that when Kendrick Lamar was on tour with Kanye West in Europe, he apparently ate a lot of Lunchables in the New York Times (laughs) magazine. He said he ate so many of them he didn't want to see another Lunchable for a long time. So cool rappers are eating Lunchables apparently in Europe. So. That's something positive. And I cannot That's, believe that this isn't just the Twitter account isn't just. Yeah. Just. <laughs> like, it seems like right up their alley. Yeah, like why a, didn't they uh, pick up on that? A celebrity said they don't want any more of this. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? You can have more. You can. You can. Yeah. Yeah, they would like want to give you permission. It's like, yeah, I know. So yeah, so that's, I think that's it. I think that's a great way to end this convo on Lunchables. Wow, what a delight. Okay, wow, wow, wow. (laughs) Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with our friend Jeremy Byler. Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics. 
as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Okay, we're back. Now, Jeremy, we'd like to play a game with you we call Back to the Present. Joan and Vanessa, we've got to go back to the present! The name is obviously a hilarious take on the nostalgic Back to the Future franchise. (laughs) Great. (laughs) In this segment, we each get to say something from our childhood that we wish would come back. So, like, it can be a snack, it can be a toy. (laughs) (laughs) It can be a toy, it can be a TV show. Um, and so we'll go first so you have some time to think about it. Okay, yeah. Oh, um, wow. But Jonah, do you want to go first with um, what you would like to bring back to the present? Yeah. So I was thinking about this and mine is, Jeremy, I don't know if you remember this. Like there was this, did you ever buy like music magazines growing up? Like when you were a kid? No, no. Okay. <laughs> this was like, <laughs> so you might not remember this, but this was a thing in the 90s and it was this company, I think a few companies did it, but there was this company, Rockabilia. Oh. And they would basically have these ads where you could order t-shirts. The ad would have... In the back of magazines, right? In the back of magazines, or sometimes in the middle. Okay. And they would have these really tiny little like thumbnail pictures of the t-shirts. And they would have like 200 pictures um, in like these magazines, like Hit Parader or Metal Maniacs or some of these magazines. And it would be like all these Metallica, Guns N' Roses shirts. And this was a time where it was not easy to find this kind of stuff. Right, because the internet didn't exist. Right. Right. So I remember getting like Guitar World or Hit Parade or whatever and going through and being like, okay, I would buy stuff. I'd buy like the Metallica Four Faces shirt or I would pick out, and I just remember sometimes there would be a spread with like two of these ads. And I just, I think, and just remember just looking at these tiny pictures of these t-shirts and just wanting to order them. And that was like the way you were kind of, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, look at that. And they were so small. Vanessa's holding up a, a visual example. Yeah, Vanessa's holding it up. But that was a way you would kind of get like a Guns N' Roses or Metallica shirt. Like you didn't have Hot Topic. You couldn't go to the mall. You couldn't, you know, jump on eBay. Like this was the way to get it unless you were at like, I think like an actual arena concert. And so I remember ordering stuff and just loving looking at these ads. Yeah. So I, I'd like to bring it back. I think it's actually was pretty cool. That's really good. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. But yeah, I definitely ordered stuff from there. They should bring that back because there's also something satisfying about like a physical magazine that you then like order things. Yeah. Like you interact with it. It's less like I don't know. It's less like ineffable or something. You, It's real. Yeah. It feels more yeah, real. Yeah, I, I agree. And yeah. it used to be, you know, like, you know, there was a record store in Cleveland that just called Record Revolution and they would have all the t-shirts like up on the wall. Did you ever go to a place like that? These kind oh, of... Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there would just be t-shirts all over. And I guess that was available at the time. That was the equivalent. But there's something about just going somewhere or seeing like pictures of so many and being able to pick the ones you want. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. And I worked at a record store and we had that except they were all pretty sure they were all bootleg shirts. <laughs> Rockabilly, I think they're like officially licensed and they still have a website actually you can go to and you can buy basically all this stuff still, but uh, not as fun. Jonah, what are bootleg shirts? Bootleg shirt would be like if I just made like a Guns N' Roses shirt and then start got just it. selling it and the band didn't get any of the money got from it. it got basically. it, got it. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I that's just honestly a great one. idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we should start doing it for sure. Designing a Guns N' Roses shirt right yeah. now. We could make bootleg Lunchables. Bootleg Lunchables. Yeah, so you like could just ahead. get some ham, yeah. cut it into little just circles. Do our own. Yeah. Just get a little <laughs> cookie cutter. a really good idea for a restaurant to do that. 
If any restaurants are doing that and you just, you don't have to pay us, just tell us. I bet you there's like a restaurant in Williamsburg that's like making oh, like, an, God, yeah. I, like an or, a ironic lunchable thing that's like, like, like $35. Dollars, yes. Jeremy, yeah. Jeremy yeah. tell yeah. us these, when you eat And there. people are taking photos of an Instagram being like, check, isn't this hilarious? And everyone's like, yeah. oh my God, that's so great. Oh, that's so rich. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I have to go wait in line to get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And Jonah, um, were you in were you kind of impersonating millennials when you said that's so rich? Yeah, so could you tell how little I know? So like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just getting well, in the but You did it I, in sort of an affected voice, so I could tell you were trying to impersonate. <laughs> I was picturing someone very ironic who is has a lot of money, probably from a trust fund, who's at this place, like sitting outside or in this lunchable about to post it. And that's what I think they would say. Yeah, in that they'd situation. say that's so rich. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vanessa, what's your what's your pick okay, for Back for to the, the Present? For the first time ever, my pick for Back to the Present is actually something that I do not want to bring back. Okay. And I know Whoa. that that's I'm putting a spit I'm putting it on its head. Playing with the rules. But I'm playing with the rules, but I had a memory of this thing and I was like, I actually do think they still exist, but I don't know that they're as popular as they once were. And also my living situation has changed, so I'm not around them anymore. But basically, there were these wooden shoe trees slash like shoe stretchers that our dad used to have in his closet in his like nicer leather shoes. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know why I would be playing in his closet. Okay. Just me in there. Nobody's around. I'm just playing with the shoe trees and they would pinch my fingers so hard. I'm just like, why do we need these? Why do they have to pinch your fingers so much? Sure. Like, why would anyone ever buy these? Like, they're also heavy. They're like not user friendly. What grown man would have something in his shoes that a child can't play with? <laughs> exactly. I, I feel like our our parents we had a lot of shoe accessories as an adult I don't have the other thing was those shoehorn things I knew you were going to say that as soon as you said that yeah we had a lot of sh- there was, we were a big shoehorn household yeah like Why I was like oh, whenever you put needed- on shoes you have to put this thing under your heel and like wedge it it's like why didn't we just have shoes that fit we actually what? have I now I presently have a shoehorn next you to do? My door you do my, where, did you, where yes, did you get it here's why uh, my husband got it. I don't know, okay. but it's like really okay. long and it's like, it looks like a cane and you're almost <laughs> like, it's like really intense, but yeah, it is for like, it's so it's like, if you slip your shoes on and off, like even like, even like sneakers and you don't want to like tie and untie them. Okay. You can, there's a version. I actually don't really use it, but I have if the shoes like really tight and I don't want to untie and tie it again. I'll just like, you know, give it a little, give it a little squeeze and a little pop and then pop it in. Okay. I'll see you guys later. (laughs) (laughs) But don't shoehorns, that makes sense to me. But in general, it's like shoehorns were so popular when we were kids. I'm just realizing this. It felt to me we we used them with dress shoes and it almost felt like it was like using a shoehorn was like part of this formal process of putting on your dress shoes. Right. It's like what you see, you see it in like a, in like a fancy hotel next to like the iron. Yeah. It's just for like men going to meetings. Yeah, and keep in mind, we probably these are from like Payless shoe stores, my little right. loafers. But yeah, it felt like part of the process. Well, remember we would go to that shoe store, Allen Shoes, or, or yeah, like that was like on Chagrin, yeah, near Corky and Lenny's and stuff, right? Was yep. it in that shopping center? It was, yeah. 
And yeah, they would always, I remember trying on shoes and they'd always have you use a shoehorn and it's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> did our did our shoes not fit? In, were they so... T- also, it's like you're happening? a kid, you're going to outgrow the shoe in like five minutes. And what <laughs> happened? Why do they not... And But also like, why was that such a big thing? Like now I feel like when you go to a shoe store or, you know, I'm the most recent shoe store I think I've been to was like the shoe department at Nordstrom or something... They're not like bringing out shoehorns for you to try on no. shoes. You know what the other thing is? And maybe we should do a whole other episode about shoe stores. Yeah. Is, and I'm, this is bringing me back so much to those silver and black things where you would get your shoe size on. You'd put your foot oh, in that yes. little contraption. Yeah. <laughs> it looks very like torture It's like, yeah. it's a little like prison something. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a little <laughs> it's prison like a for weird your foot. Machine. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And they'd kind of put it in the sides and like, yeah, like do all these weird measurements. I, like, yeah. did it have to did be such hard exist? steer metal? They must, right? I don't know. Every shoe store had the same the one. Is, I wonder if they still exist for kids because Kids' shoes are always... Like, once you're an adult, you go, like, I need a nine or a nine. You know what I mean? Sure. But if right. you're a kid, your, sh- your feet are always... I bet you always- they have more user-friendly looking ones. That makes sense that it would be just for growing people. Feet. That it's right. Like yeah. not for an adult. It's only when your foot size is changing but every, like, it three almost months or something. feels like it was a similar aesthetic to, like, those those scales where you have to move the thing in the middle and then yes. slide the yeah. thing. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they must be updated they're probably really cute looking there's now. probably like a digital one where you put your foot in and it just knows your size or something <laughs> don't know i don't know about that but either way there's probably a way it's there's probably they're probably not like black and silver anymore and really scary yeah. looking those could exist and that could be the reason those are like nostalgic to us is because our feet were growing and we didn't know what sure. size our feet were you can't say that about shoehorns like shoehorns literally were so much more popular in the 90s i would say yeah yeah. And before, right? I don't know. We do, like I said, yeah, there's one do. in you my house one. right now. There's one in so, your house. But, you yeah. have one. but there's look, lots of other things that are also probably in my house that are like from another era. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also these shoe trees slash shoe stretchers that I absolutely despise because they would make it very painful for me to play with my dad's shoes. <laughs> to just climb into the closet and play with the shoes in the dark and then pinch my fingers. Don't love, don't love that they pinch my fingers. Those still exist. What did you want to do with them? You just want you were just like, oh, these are fun I and think floppy I was and so weird. Intrigued and I- by them, but then <laughs> Vanessa, you're making it sound like we had no like, toys growing yeah, up. Yeah, I something. mean, are you familiar with toys? <laughs> what I think probably happened because you know how sometimes you remember stuff differently. What I think probably happened is I pinched my fingers on them once, like I was curious, and I pinched my, and then every time I would see them in our dad's shoes, I'd be like, these fucking things, but I wouldn't. <laughs> say that because I didn't have that in my vocabulary yet. But you know sure. what I mean? I would be like... They do have like a pinchy vibe because it's like blocks of wood that go closer together or further apart. Yes. So there's right, like a steam. Right. It's like a... Right. Yeah. That's yeah. not a toy for a little girl. It's not a toy. Those <laughs> things are not toys and I don't want them back. But I would take... I guess I would take shoehorns. But I again, I see why you use them, Jeremy. And it's actually incredible that you have one and you and you can explain how you use it. I don't really use it. Yeah. I think I just have it. <laughs> it just is so shocking that that was such a popular thing that has gone away. And why did I, why did we need it? Why did it feel so necessary then? It feels like something from like the, the 1930s or something. Yes. Yeah, it really like, does. Jeremy, if you went to your husband and you were like, I'm thinking maybe we should get rid of the shoehorn. <laughs> how do you think that would go down? I think it would honestly be a disaster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
you think he uses a lot? No, I don't see him using it that much either. <laughs> I feel like it's like for like, I guess now I'm realizing maybe it's more for like certain shoes that are like much stiffer. Right. Yeah. Right. Like if you, ha- I mean, he does have a lot of pairs of shoes. So that's probably why it would be a disaster for my marriage to try and get rid of the <laughs> right. shoehorn. Sure. Um, because there, I think there are probably certain shoes where he would be like, I need this for that. Fair enough. Wow. But me, I think I could manage with most of my shoes without one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank well, you. great pick, Vanessa. Jeremy, has there anything kind of come to your mind for, for this topic? For some reason, I want to say the color teal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> like, for me, the 90s, well, it was between yes. that and, and Rockapella, which was from my list. Which, But anyway, yes. I'll, I'll go with teal because it feels like, well, f- two things are coming to mind. One is I actually, in, for my class picture in like seventh grade, I had a teal, like a bright teal silk button down shirt that was unbuttoned two buttons. And then I had a silver chain with, a, with an arrowhead on wow. it. Wow. <laughs> that was my incredible and the color teal i mean really like strong you don't see it that much it, it had a moment i would say like in the 90s teal like had, yeah there was like that you remember the color of the couch and the show martin yes that's the teal that i'm talking about i mean i remember the couch i can't say i remember the color that well i should look it up it was teal right it makes me want i to bet i bet but then i also my theme for my bar mitzvah was teal and purple. Okay. So we had teal and purple balloons. So that's, I don't know why, as I was, as I was thinking, what brings me joy, what brought me joy historically yes. in my life, it's that color, but I don't, it's not in my life anymore. Do you remember getting, well, first of all, you got to change that. You got to get some <laughs> teal in your life. Right. And second of all, do you remember like getting dressed and getting ready for your school photo where you wore that teal silk shirt? I don't really remember getting, yeah. re- but you know what? It, I think what I remember is it was an outfit that like, it was a little bit of a go-to outfit. Like if I was going to like try to like ask a girl to a dance or something, I feel yeah. like that's what I would wear. It was or, like a little confidence like, booster. A little confidence booster. A little bit okay. of a like, yeah, I can, I can so fucking throw down. It's a teal silk shirt. You unbutton the top two buttons and you wear an arrowhead. Silver. What was the arrowhead neck? Was it like on a leather? I'm just trying to envision this. Cute. It was on a silver chain. Oh, and right. I want to say it was just barely not a choker. <laughs> <laughs> It was really very pretty cute. embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Very you cute. You had, had to kind of shoehorn your neck into it or something. Yeah, exactly. I had to use a shoehorn. <laughs> Jonah also, I mean, that was a really big thing kind of in the mid to early 90s were these very silky shirts yeah. that a lot yes. of boys I remember would wear. Yeah. Yeah. There was that. And there was also, I feel like, like it wouldn't be out of place for someone to have like a shark tooth necklace. Like, yep, I'm just... Yeah, exactly. That, that was the vibe. It was like a... It was in the puka shell family. Sure, you know? sure. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like when we were kids and we used to go to Palm Island, there was like this general store there when we used to go to Florida and they had all that kind of stuff. And I remember that was like my main source of jewelry was like shark tooth <laughs> necklace or like earrings that were two sand dollars or... Yes. <laughs> <you> <laughs> yes. Like found natural items. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Beachwear. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, Gotta bring I'm that certain. Back. I'm certain that whatever my little chain was and my necklace, I'm certain that it was like under ten dollars. Whatever it was, yeah. it was like not like yeah, it was like aluminum probably. Well, yeah, but still incredibly chic. Now, can I ask? <laughs> The colors of your bar mitzvah were teal and purple. Did you have a theme on top of no, that? No. So there, was, there wasn't there was a theme. It was just like, what do you want to do with this? And I was like, well, I want these two colors together. I want the balloons to be these two colors and the tablecloths and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Jonah, do you remember what the colors that you're also, you didn't have a theme, but the colors I think were. I have no idea. Blue and white maybe or something. That Very, sounds right. Yeah, but I re- do you remember this, Jonah? That like you, like Jeremy's talking about how he kind of dictated what he wanted. You sort of took a step back and you didn't want to be involved. And then I remember right oh, before wow. your bar mitzvah, you were like, "Do you remember this?" I know what you're going to say. I only remember the second hand. Okay, that you were like really upset. You were like really wanting control over like the choices that had. been I remember made. being. I, I've heard that I was upset about the invitation specifically. I think that's what it wow. was. Wow! But I think the invitation was just one of these very kind of formal, like big scripty traditional invitations, and maybe you know, I, I, I don't know. But yeah, I, I think I was pretty hands off. And you uh, were like, this invitation is not like cool enough. It's too like. <laughs> yeah. It was like, a pretty st- like classic yeah, invitation. It was a classic, classic invite. But yeah, probably. It's, it was like, a serious looking invitation yeah. for, for, yeah. Probably our mom and dad put luncheon. all this work into like setting up and designing it. And I was like a 13 year old kid being like, I hate this. <laughs> yes. But I don't really remember a that. 13 year old man. Also, that was such a big thing. Do you remember picking out the invitation, like going to like the store where they have the invitations? And that was such a whole... I don't because I didn't apparently, but but maybe you do. I don't remember that. I wonder if we Well, I remember I think going... I must have gone for yours, Jonah, because we we just printed mine because I just had that whirly ball party. Right, right. Oh my God, you had a whirly ball party? Yes. That's fun. That's a great idea. (laughs) It was a great idea. Well, because I got bat mitzvah in Israel and then... I remember making the invitation was at the peak of me thinking that our dad, I mean, I still think our dad is very funny, but I think he really weighed in on this. There was like some kind of photo of me or something on it. We made it on the computer. It was like when wow, word processing was sort of- In like print shop probably In like or print shop, yeah. But we said like, Vanessa's having a whirly ball party, whatever. And it was like, will you attend? And the options we made be funny. (laughs) Like we made them be like, yes, of course. I absolutely love Vanessa. Or like, no, I actually stink or something like that. (laughs) I can't remember exactly what they were. But I remember just being like, okay, I'm about to absolutely drop a bomb on everyone. And they're going to think I'm the coolest person in the world. Like I I really, and I think they were orange with like black type on the, like I can't. That's great. Oh my gosh. Anyway. I re- well, th- remember those print shop, it was like you could design the borders so you oh, could like man. do flowers or I yeah. definitely remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And like you could add clip art and stuff. You could add clip art. My favorite was that you could also print out banners. Like so you Oh could make- <laughs> my God. Printing out banners. Oh my God. Oh, Jonah. that's right. On like a dot matrix. Yeah, dot matrix. Printer, like a lo- and then you just would keep the paper like attached. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. Right. yes. <laughs> the thing that was so cool about it was it felt like you were actually creating products. Sure. Like you were like, I don't have to go to a store and buy a banner. I'm creating a banner in my very own home. It was like a it was like the first 3D printer. From absolute fucking scratch. Yes. Yeah. Like yes. with my mind. Yeah. I want to change my thing from teal to print shop. 
I, I do too. I, I do think too. we might need to do like a, a, the three of us, like a separate print shop episode. Making, because, yeah, we yeah. have to. Making those banners was literally the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Or, or the other thing, and this is the last thing I'll say about print shop, is making cards and then you would fold them over. Oh, that's right. And you fold them in four. Yep, over like and then yeah, like it half and then again. Yeah, and then you'd have your own card. As again, like I don't I mean, need to go to the store. I just made my own card. Give somebody a beautiful flimsy printer paper card. <laughs> yeah, with like a cake, like a weird yeah. blocky cake. I have a gift shop in my home that creates banners, <laughs> cards, <laughs> and signs. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna have to save this for I'm another literally, episode. Like I feel like I'm on I feel like I'm buzzing. Like I'm I like I just drank an <laughs> espresso or something. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> Print shop is your cocaine. A hundred percent. Jeremy, this has been so much fun. Oh my god, what a damn I can't delight. believe it's over, but we'll have to do it again. Thank you so much for having me and letting me spend time with both Thank of you. Thank you so much. Places. Where can people find you? Oh, um, well, I'm in New York. So, so if anyone is flying to New York, hit me up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I don't really, I'm kind of not really looking much at my social media, but I do have it. I have the Instagram and I signed up for Twitter once Elon Musk took over. I just want to support him. So. Right, 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 right. You were one of the ones that joined once he... Like, okay, now I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. You're on Twitter blue, I believe, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Hey, top Paying dollar. those fees yeah. every paying top dollar. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was... So much fun, Jeremy. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. For joining us. Thank you so much. Um, no, thank no. you. And then everyone for joining us. And if you like this week's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like Lunchables. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.